This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to another installment of the COVID Report, the show dedicated to providing you with comprehensive coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. I am your host, Ukamile Hewakwapovana, tasked with giving you another edition of the show that gives you all of the facts, all of the stats, all of the figures, and none of the misinformation as it pertains to all things COVID-19. On this edition of the COVID Report, we are going to zone in on the particular type of plight faced by a particular type of South Africa. African citizen. I am referring, of course, to the South African citizens who identify as deaf and the various difficulties they have faced over the course of this pandemic with specific pertinence to the ways in which their ability to communicate has been hampered by the very real necessity of needing to wear a mask to aid the fight against COVID-19 in South Africa. More than one in three deaf people have reported struggling with their mental health because of the pandemic, according to a recent report by the deafness charity Sign Health. Christopher Reed, Director of Operations at Sign Health, is quoted as saying, we are very concerned that 35% of deaf respondents indicated that the pandemic has had a major negative impact on their mental health and 61% highlighting anxiety as what has impacted them most. Facial masks, an essential tool used to slow the spread of COVID-19, can decrease speech recognition for those suffering from hearing loss. They can obstruct facial expressions and lip movement which are critical sources of non-verbal information. In a recent Hearing Health Foundation survey, it reported 85% of hearing impaired individuals experienced difficulty reading lips covered by face masks during the pandemic. While clear face masks can reduce lip reading challenges, access and usage can vary by setting, making it harder to navigate unfamiliar social contexts and communicate effectively. Now, the University hosted a visual briefing on the topic of masks and hearing communication post-pandemic. And we have a clip from Hayton Bauer, who was part of that briefing. And this is what Hayton had to say on the topic at hand. So COVID-19 has impacted on our way of communication, our way of communicating, but has also interrupted communication by cutting people off from each other through the restrictions in personal and group contact. Our connection with interrupted. For people with deafness, that connection was especially severed because of the distance communication and mark. Now, joining me on the line to provide expert insight and analysis on the topic that we are going to cover on this edition of the COVID Report, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome not only one, but two esteemed guests on the show. First guest I'll be introducing is uh, Alexa Reichenberg, a qualified speech therapist and audiologist at the University of Witwatersrand, currently enrolled for a master's in audiology at Wits University. Alexa, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the COVID Report. Hi, thank you for having us. It is an absolute pleasure to have you, Alexa. My next guest, who will also be joining us for this conversation, is Rafia Hasim, another qualified speech therapist from the University of Witwatersrand, an audiologist as well, and also in possession of a master's degree from the University of Pretoria in augmentative and alternative communication. Rafia, same to you. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the COVID Report. Good evening. Thank you for having us. Absolute pleasure to have the both of you as my guests for the conversation we're going to have on this edition of the show. Alexa, I'd like to throw my first question towards you. For deaf people who either end up in hospital or 
were somehow able to continue going to work or obeying the national order to stay at home over the course of this pandemic. How would you say the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated gaps in communication access and even for those who don't have access to reliable technology to underutilization of certain tools when people need them most? Happy to answer that. So communication has changed drastically since the beginning of 2020 and how we naturally communicate has completely changed. We now have new ways of accessing each other to express ourselves. Um, Instead of relying on face-to-face communication, we now have an online world. And if we think about an online world and how that's not exactly accessible by everyone, um, in South Africa especially, not every method of communication is feasible. So when we think about the deaf population and how being deaf doesn't necessarily mean you can hear nothing, um, we have to think about our our students in particular and how they are accessing the world. In South Africa especially, I mean, we have load shedding. That's now cut you off already. You have difficulties accessing technology. And that that could be for anyone. We have to rely on who we are as people and how we naturally communicate. And if you think about how someone who is deaf naturally communicates, they rely very heavily on visuals and the context in which a conversation may be taking place. So if something has changed, especially now that we've been taken out of our normal context, you're relying on visuals that may not be there. Like you mentioned earlier, there are masks in place, there are screens. Um, Sometimes screens aren't even on in a telephone communication. Someone who's working from home may not have that opportunity. Um, Going to the doctor, you now have to sit at a distance. There's so much that has changed that the deaf community has had to navigate on their own. Indeed. Thank you so much for that, Alexa. Rafia, my next question is for you. Perhaps sadly so. The deaf community, particularly in South Africa, being that the context of this discussion is located within South African borders, for perhaps sadly so, deaf people are always put on the back burner as far as concern for their, for their well-being. Their plight has always, especially in my observation, has always been seen as more of an afterthought than any Anything else? In your opinion, do you think the isolation has intensified for deaf people because their access to these resources that they need, um, particularly over the course of this pandemic, has always been considered and always often been considered as an afterthought? Yes, definitely. Look, um, when we talk about isolation, um, I think everybody is in the position to say that they definitely is an aspect of isolation with COVID specifically. And for a person who's got, is hard, in, hard of hearing or uh, part of the deaf community, they definitely feel isolated, especially when it comes to communication per se. Um, you know, isolation can also happen in the form of not being able to socialize in, in a context. And now, we, we, like Alexa has mentioned, we are stuck um, sort of socializing behind screens, um, wearing masks. It's definitely isolated people to the extent that it made it a bit uncomfortable for them to even communicate. Um, we've had, you know, so many people coming in to us saying that it, not only have they been forced to stay at home or not go and undergo their general routine, but now they've got this hearing loss on top of that. Um, and for us, you know, financially, medically, there are many, many other aspects where isolation has been 
um, quite life in these people's lives. Um, I'd like to stick with you for my next question, Rafia. Okay. Now that uh, masks have become the norm, do you think that people who perhaps didn't realize that they had hearing loss noticed that they were struggling to understand speech? 100% yes. Um, I think it's become so common. Um, in And I often, you know, we chat to our colleagues um, and everyone, we, we discuss, you know, how, how it has impacted our lives. And for a person who had... Um, hearing within normal limits, they find it difficult to communicate using masks. We talk about muffled speech, so speech could be muffled. Um, we talk about lip reading and how people who are in the deaf community or hard of hearing, they are they rely a lot on lip reading. And now you are taking away that visual form uh, for them. And for me, um, I mean, it, it's been a concern, and I know definitely it is a concern in, when you're communicating, because you're, um, especially if you have a hearing loss, which is in perhaps like the high frequency, frequencies, you are used to reading the lips of the person that's talking to you. And now you, you find yourself uh, missing sounds, um, misinterpreting words, not hearing the end of the word, sometimes missing the middle of the conversation, and you're relying on listening to the other words to cover up what they've said. Also, like facial cues. So in terms of facial cues, Body language, um, how do we talk? Now we're stuck behind a screen. Maybe we're in a Skype meeting. We're having our lectures online for the students at the university. And they now are being exposed to having various different cues, but now maybe not as many facial cues. And then, you know, the, in a general conversation, you're used to people having a repetition. So now you're constantly asking, can you repeat that? And then again, Alexa's mentioned, you know, concerns like Wi-Fi, um, and that's also something where the, the connection may not be as secure and then you're missing out on certain parts of the conversation and now you've also got your hearing loss that is making it worse. Um, so, you know, all of these things do do affect our deaf patients. They do affect the, the people that come to us. They act as barriers, especially at this point in time. Um, and I think that's what it becomes more and more right because... Um, you're communicating daily, you're stuck behind the screen, and now you're realizing, hang on, I'm missing some of this conversation, and that's where we actually come into play. Very insightful stuff. Thank you very much for that. Alexa, I'd like to um, throw my next question towards you. Rafia, you're more than welcome to um, chime in with um, your contribution to uh, the question I'm about to pose because I'm actually posing it to uh, the both of you. And I'd be very interested to hear um, both of your individual insights on the question I'm about to pose. Masks create two barriers for individual with any level of hearing loss. Even those who have reduced visual cues, mouth movement, facial expressions, etc. How do we go about supporting them when it comes to communication for people with reduced hearing? And how do we go about increasing the accessibility of information for people whose hearing is impaired? So there's lots that we can do if we think about how visual our world actually is. Um, a main thing that we tell a lot of our patients is if they are experiencing these particular difficulties with and without masks is that adequate lighting is so important and reducing environmental external noise because it's very distracting to have all of this extra noise around you that you can't figure out what's actually happening as well as having good lighting to be able to 
see what's left of someone's face above a mask to try and figure out what's being said. Um, additionally, just because someone is deaf doesn't mean they're of a lower understanding of language by any means. So shouting at a person isn't necessarily going to help them, but speaking clearer and reducing your speed, your rate of speech, really, really helps. And also making environmental cues around you quite obvious. So if you're speaking about something, having a visual of what you're talking about is sometimes really helpful. That can be written, that can be a picture, that can be an object. There's so much that you can use. Um, especially for our students, there's so much that we can do to support university students in particular. Pre-readings are incredibly important. Um, giving students more time and giving them the information early so that they can at least have some context to what's going to be happening in the lectures. Um, helping our students get ahead, using more visuals. So using lecture slides on a, on a Zoom lecture is incredibly helpful. As well as for our students that actually have hearing aids, taking care of your hearing aids is incredibly important because there's so many backlogs at the moment that COVID has caused in hearing aid companies and with um, the speed of medical attention that you can get, you have to take care of what you've got. So giving our students the tools that they need to take care of themselves so that they're not needing to constantly be supported when they can do a lot of things independently. Second, uh, what Alexa has said, I, I do believe that she covered most of the points that are essential and quite important um, for better understanding. Um, I just want to add to that by saying that, you know, coming from uh, a, a point of view where you mentioned that my master's is actually in AAC, which is it stands uh, for obviously the alternative and uh, augmentative communication method. So again, I, I want to just emphasize the importance of actually having different uh, formats for receiving information. So in the case of visuals, um, for us, we've seen amazing results where you've got your visuals to support what you're actually saying. So you're saying one thing and then you've got a visual uh, attached to it. So it really, really makes a difference for, um, for students who um, do have communication difficulties and do have um, hearing aids or, or are having difficulty hearing. That's very important. And I think the other point that I wanted to make is that we live in a holistic world and you receive information in so many different contexts and so many different ways. So my, my biggest thing is to have a multimodal communication method. So various different ways for, to get your strength out. So, um, if you are working, you give an instruction, give the instruction verbally and then have a demonstration and perhaps have a visual so that at least you, you add it in and you know that if they haven't understood the first time by a speech, You've always got something else over and above that. Rafia, I'm staying with you for my next question. I'd like you to tackle it first before we pass the baton over to Alexa. 35% of deaf respondents, according to the Director of Operations of Sign Health, 35% of deaf respondents indicated that the pandemic has had a major negative impact on their mental health. 61% highlighting that anxiety is what has impacted them most. Now, mental health is something that we have had regular discussions about here on the COVID report as far as the ways in which this pandemic has adversely impacted the mental health of 
just the regular South African citizen, the regular South African citizen who you'd assume can hear and speak and communicate quite fine. Now, when we zero in on the individuals who are hearing impaired or for for whatever reason uh, have their ability to communicate impaired, can you talk us through the ways in which the pandemic has taken a serious toll on their mental health? And then I guess, Alexa, for you, I'd like for you to expound on the ways in which the rest of us as the members of society that are that surround these individuals who have been so adversely affected by this pandemic on top of the condition that they deal with as far as their inability to communicate their inability to hear how can we as the quote-unquote regular members of society for lack of a better term go about extending um support and empathy and everything else that those individuals that are in need of that support need in order to to continue to live as normal a life as possible under these circumstances. So, Rafia, the floor is yours. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, as um, mentioned, we cannot actually express on behalf of the you know of the community in terms of their mental health specifically. But what we can tell you is that we have noticed higher levels of anxiety in our patients and in all the, especially the new patients that are coming through that are saying, you know, we think we may have a hearing loss. Um, and we want to just confirm it. So now, obviously, socializing has been an important thing that has been taken away from them um, in terms of that face-to-face socialization. Um, and that is actually where most of the community or the people that are walking through our practice daily have come, um, have essentially found the, the, the concerns, either in the workplace or, uh, you know, obviously in the family context. So look, overall, I think it has had an impact on overall mental health and mental health is so important for communication um, and more specifically it's important in order to want to communicate so you know you may have a person sitting um, with a hearing loss that feels look if I don't if I don't communicate then I won't notice the difference and I won't um, I won't feel as bad or as worse and that's really where it's coming into play is that they actually avoiding their communication if that's the case or they are put in a situation where they are faced with somebody wearing a mask in front of them that has a softer tone um, and perhaps they're missing that communication or they're missing what that person is saying. And then obviously in their mind, they are, you know, they, they feel less and less confident to communicate. And that's actually where we've seen the breakdown, per se. So in terms of what we can do to help our... Um, help our society do this correctly in a sense is how, is how we look at, at hearing loss and how we look at deafness. So like I said before, um, the term deaf doesn't necessarily mean you can't hear anything, but the way in which we as a society approach deafness will make a huge difference. Um, Rafia and I personally follow the social model of interacting with someone who may have a disability, which essentially means that the person who is deaf is not the problem. The deafness is not the problem. The problem is society at large. And how can we fix the environment that the person is in to make it easier? So the main thing is visual. The world doesn't have to be as complicated as it is. So simplifying what you mean, um, using pictures, using objects, using demonstrations, it's not that hard to do. So giving 
help where it's needed and also asking if help is needed, not just assuming that just because someone maybe has um, what we would consider non-optimal hearing, maybe they don't need help. So it's important that we we acknowledge who needs help and who doesn't need help, but also make the environment accepting for them. So the way this does it um, is makes interpreters available in in-person lectures. So we need to make interpretations available in online lectures as well. We need to have, when microphones are used in in-person lectures along with lecture slides on the board, I feel that this has adapted really nicely to that by using uh, lecture slides that are sent ahead of time, that are put up on the screen, um, where questions can be asked immediately in the text chat. Um, we just have to adapt what is already there to help whoever needs that kind of help. Insightful stuff. Thank you very much. Um, Alexa, this one's um, all yours for you to digest entirely. Um, in what ways do you think the COVID-19 pandemic has increased and highlighted existing inequities and inequalities for um, individuals who are hard of hearing in built-in social environments? And um, in what ways has the has it highlight, has this pandemic highlighted the challenges that um, deaf and hard of hearing patients already face as far as our healthcare system is concerned? I'm definitely happy to take that question because that's actually my master's topic. So that's exactly what I'm looking at is how do individuals in South Africa in Johannesburg in particular access their healthcare with hearing loss during COVID-19? It's the harsh reality that access to healthcare is not equal across all populations, especially for those who have differing body functions from what we would technically considered to be normal for majority of the populations. So all humans experience their access to healthcare differently, and that includes um, individuals who are deaf. Um, most of our healthcare uses the um, public healthcare system. Most people use public healthcare. So it's important that we understand these things and how has COVID changed everything. Um, not all healthcare professionals have moved on to um, what we would call telehealth, which is help over the telephone, over technology. Um, and it has come to light that a lot of individuals with deafness are are really, really struggling. Um, booking appointments over the phone is quite difficult. Um, missing their appointments because they didn't hear their name was called. Um, sitting at a, difference, at a distance from your doctor because you now have to social distance and communicating through a mask as well. Some research has shown that masks have damaged hearing aids because you're taking a mask on and off all the time, there's a chance that your hearing aid can fall off. So there's a lot of things that we need to consider, um, especially as we adapt from multiple levels of lockdown all the time. We have noticed that adults in particular with hearing loss are, are struggling to keep up with how quickly things are changing. When we're now all of a sudden expected to be working from home to contact your doctor over the phone, not being able to actually go into the bank. So all of your financial needs have changed as well. We have to consider all of these things. We've noticed that a lot of young adults are having to become more independent with their healthcare needs. So when the system is not working in your favor for someone who is deaf where you may be excluded, um, it, becomes, it becomes increasingly difficult, especially as a university student. You've got a lot to juggle. So... Deafness may not even be the defining factor that is navigating your day. 
Um, there's lots of other things in COVID that may take priority for someone and deafness just becomes an additional burden. Insightful stuff. I can definitely see um, why uh, you were interested in pursuing this particular um, stream of consciousness for your masters. And um, best of luck in that regard. Thank you very much for that. Um, Rafia, this next one's for you. Um, I'd love to hear uh, your insight on this because um, it, re- it reflects on a conversation that we've also had before and on a semi-regular basis here on the COVID report, with particular, particularly towards students and the ways in which they have risen to the challenge of adapting to the need to um, use remote learning or online learning um, to continue their pursuit of their education, um, to continue to adhere to social distancing guidelines, whether they're, um, whether they're fortunate enough to be able to, um, to, to attend the lecture halls for their lectures, or if they're just out in public, having to adhere to those social distancing guidelines. Now, I know how difficult this has already been for individuals who aren't hard of hearing, which is why I'd, very be, I'd be very interested to hear your insight on how um, individuals that are hard of hearing or experience difficulty communicating have um, had their own difficulties with adapting to these uh, challenges of um, remote learning, which I am aware that you did touch on um, a little bit earlier on in our discussion. But I would love to um, hear your insight on the long-term, Im- the long-term impact on sustained periods of remote learning, which indirectly means a sustained period away from um, the classroom, the lecture hall, that um, interpersonal exchange of information between lecturer and student, that interpersonal exchange of um, of additional assistance between um, student peers, and um, the importance that that physical connection has on the ability to successfully pursue one's education. Could you talk us through the long-term impacts of remote learning and social distancing requirements on younger individuals with hearing loss and the ways in which this either sets them up to succeed or fail in their continued pursuit of their education. Thank you. Um, you know, I love, I love how you've incorporated this because it's something that we see so much in, in daily. Um, you know, the thing is that when you were posing the question, the first thing I thought about was, I thought about adaptation. I think that if the pandemic has shown us one thing, it has shown us that that what we knew before um, can't set us through going forward. Um, and we've had to make what we call adaptations. I think our profession as a whole was, um, you know, we've had to devise equipment, um, devise ways in which we could still provide our services, but obviously uh, using what what the COVID pandemic has given us and we've had to change things up. And I think for us um, seeing this uh, daily, I think that adaptation has been important. We've got to look at what we were doing and how we could do it in a different way with perhaps less direct, um, you know, direct contact, for example. Um, you know, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to direct it mainly um, more per se. I'm going to actually use uh, a student, for example. And for me, the biggest thing about it is that being a student, you, you, you're used to going to your lectures, um, you go to your lecture hall, um, you have your lecturer in front of you, you get to pick where you're going to sit in the lecture uh, venue. And now you've got this 
you on a screen across the lecturer. And I think that, you know, we've seen many pros and we've also seen some cons, you know. Um, but we have seen that that students have been very adaptable. And I think the community at large, we've all had to adapt. And, you know, it's be, we, we are lacking in terms of the definite social interactions. But the challenge, the challenge for us is how to implement um, receiving the same lecture using a different format. And I think it has been difficult on every person, whether a person has a hearing loss or does not have a hearing loss. We've all had to make these adaptations. Um, and, you know, in terms of the, the, we've got to look at things like missing information via, like overall, um, via your lectures. So like maybe you're having an online lecture and you've missed these information, this information. Also looking at load shedding schedules, how that impacts. So, you know, obviously you're saying you're going to go your lecture online and then you've got something like load shedding. We've got perhaps lecturers aren't always equipped. You know, they're used to the old methods of lecturing and maybe they, they're too fast or they're too soft. Um, and the online method, we've all had to adapt. And, um, you know, again, Alexa mentioned the interpreters, but perhaps your online lesson didn't have any interpreter um, and you've had to now make accommodations for that. So I think the most important thing when it comes to this is to look at inclusion and how we can include everybody and, and, and to still make the adaptations that we need to make, but still be able to, you know, you, um, gain from what we're learning. Um, so, yeah, as a general, I think that's some of the things that have come up quite often. Uh, also, we, we talk about a bit on, on communication patterns, so how your communication partners are receiving the information or giving the information. And that's also something that does tend to impact on on the individual with a hearing loss in South Africa. Indeed. Thank you very much for that. Uh, my next question um, is for both of you, and it's also a two-hander. And I'm going to give each of you a half of the question to answer. Because as I've been sitting in the studio listening to the both of you um, provide the bits of insight that you've, that you've added to this conversation that I'm very, very grateful for, just by the way, I couldn't help but think of the ways in which I, myself as an individual, have taken for granted the ability to hear clearly and I, I, I immediately thought of the numerous occasions where I have taken my ability to hear for granted and all of those all of those days where I would plug my earphones in and play the music a touch, a touch too high as far as volume is concerned. All of the times that I've been at uh, bars or clubs with loud music pumping or music festivals with loud music pumping and not, um, not taking a second to hear, to, to, to think about the ways in which all of these experiences may contribute to my own um, in a, or my own loss of hearing as I get to um, later stages of my own own life. And I'm aware of the fact that as young people, we might not ever have the impulse to think about um, losing our ability to hear. And that um, extends for both students and adults alike. So, um, Rafia, I would like for you to talk us through, um, for the benefit of those listening right now who might not be aware of how important it is to not take for granted the ability to hear. What are some of the signs of hearing loss to look out for? And what are the most 
most effective ways to um, address those issues um, effectively and as early as possible should you identify them. And then for you, Alexa, as far as your contribution to this two-hander question that I'm posing, do you think that the pandemic has shown a growing health problem of hearing loss that often goes unrecognized in South Africa? We mentioned earlier in our discussion how the plight of um, deaf people and hard of hearing individuals often um, it gets classed as an afterthought uh, because so many other issues are viewed as uh, much more important to deal with than the plight of deaf and hard of hearing people. And so, so, so for you, Alex, I'd like for you to expound on the ways in which this pandemic has shown a growing health problem of hearing loss in South Africa and the, the, the kind of mechanisms that you feel need to be put in place to um, address this issue um, effectively to raise the kind of awareness that is needed towards this issue in order for, um, for, 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 in, for individuals on the younger spectrum here in South Africa to be able to combat hearing loss as they um, advance in their ages. So that's for you, Alexa. Rafia, the floor is yours at this time. Thank you. I love this question. And I think it's a very important question. And the first thing I'm going to say is awareness. So the first aspect of anything to do with your hearing is to be aware. And I think um, for the people listening, it's important to know your health history, to know uh, in your family if there is what we call hearing loss that is prevalent in your family. So if you know somebody, maybe an uncle, an auntie, or or anybody that is in your direct family that has a hearing loss, I think it's important that you, you constantly um, listen out for, for signs of your your hearing and whether you could at a later point have a hearing loss. So that's the first thing, it's a family history of hearing loss. The second thing is to look at your general communication and listen to sound. Are you hearing sounds clearly? Are you hearing the muscles? That's also one of the main uh, triggers and that, we, that people come through and say, you know, my sounds are not clear. They're not, especially, um, you know, I'm not hearing this or I'm missing this part of the conversation. So that's another sign. Uh, another sign is when you have difficulty understanding people in a context where there's lots of no- noise or background noise. And I think Alexa Poy, um, also used this as a strategy that if you, if you are having difficulty hearing, limit how much background noise there is. Focus on what is important for you and limit the background noise because that's important as well. If you have a problem hearing consonants in speech, then that's also um, a main uh, one of the signs that we see with people with hearing loss is that they're missing parts of the sound of the words. And then if you find yourself constantly asking people, you know, can you say that again? Or can you speak more slowly? Or can you speak louder? Then definitely, it's a, you need to look at, uh, uh, you know, going for a hearing test. Um, also, the t- uh, television. So if you are using the television or your or your you know your whatever your um iPod or I mean, I mean your iPad or your AirPods and you're finding that you turning up the volume quite loud then that is also something that we find is quite uh, common. The more significant factors that we look out for is sensitivity to sound, ringing in your ears, pain in your ears, um if you were late any speech sort of delay, so if you were, um, especially for children, if they, you're finding maybe between zero and two, your children aren't saying uh, words that they should be saying, those are all causes 
or concerns that we need to know when you are describing a person with a hearing loss. So those are some of the things. And then we, we often get people saying, you know, I have this buzzing in my ears, or I have this ringing in my ears, and that's also something that shouldn't, it shouldn't be there, and that's one of the early, early signs of a hearing loss. But then also, um, you, you, you gave me a question about, you know, you, you said you, you are worried about your particular hearing and how you can do it. And I think the important thing is to look after your hearing. Because um, listening to going to parties, using loud volumes with your um, with your um, music, etc., that is all important. And when we call we, we call it, you know, to prevent a hearing loss. So it is quite important. There are lots of tips that we could give you guys on how to prevent a hearing loss. Making sure that you are in, and I know many telephones or many cell phones now have what we call the recommended hearing level. And if you go up higher it will say, do you want to exceed the limit? And I think that's quite important. And watching how long you listen out to the sound. So if you're at a party, make sure you take a break from the sound, uh, take a walk outside and then go back in. Um, don't be too close to the speaker. Stay a bit further away. Those are all going to help you to protect your ears and your hearing. Oh, I'm just going to jump in just to explain how important it is to make people aware of who we are and what we do. Um, it is We find quite often that people don't know what a speech therapist and an audiologist is, and they don't know who we are and where to find us. So if you've noticed a problem with your hearing, a really good place to start is with your, your GP or your general practitioner, and they'll send you on to us, or you come to us directly, and we find what's going on. But the main thing is to, to educate who we are and where you can find us and what we're here to do for you. We, as audiologists, don't only look at hearing. We look at language acquisition. We look at balance disorders. We look at um, what kind of hearing loss you have. There's so many things that we do to help you. Hearing losses, there's so many different kinds and there's a range of severity that can be caused by multiple different things. So educating from a from even as young as children going to school about who we are, telling parents where to find us, what to look for, what are the red flags of a hearing loss, um, where can you find us, what can we do for you? And then we will see a lot more people thriving in their, in their environment by identifying early. So early intervention and early identification of maybe what's going on with their hearing and making aware the general public aware that this is how you take care of your hearing. Like simple things like don't use earbuds. There's a risk of perforating your eardrum or pushing earwax even deeper into your ear. Not listening to loud music for too long on the highest volume. Um, simple things like that that you can just adjust your general lifestyle to make sure that damage is prevented. I think that just about covers everything um, that we needed to cover over the course of our discussion. It is an absolute pleasure to uh, be able to thank our amazing guests for the conversation that we've had here on the COVID Report. First guest, Alexa Reichenberg, qualified speech therapist and audiologist at the University of Witwatersrand, currently enrolled for her master's in audiology at the University of Witwatersrand. Alexa, Alexa, thank you so much for joining us here on the COVID Report. Thank you so much for the valuable insight that you've given us on on um, the matter at hand that we've been discussing here on the show. And again, thank you so much for uh, joining us. 
Thank you so much for having us. And a big thank you to you as well, Rafia Hasim, qualified speech therapist, audiologist at the University of Vatusrand, also in possession of a master's degree from the University of Pretoria in augmentative and alternative communication. A special thank you to you as well, Rafia, for the insight that you've given us on um, the matter at hand that we've been discussing here on the COVID report. And again, a big thank you to you for joining us here on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. And shout if there's any other questions or if you want um, any insight on anything. And we hope that you've learned uh, or even just, you know, become more aware of some of the topics that we deal with daily as audiologists in South Africa. Absolutely. I think something something does tell me very strongly that uh, this is a conversation that we will need to pick up again um, on a future edition of the COVID report. So um, until such a time um, arrives, uh, I'd allow me to extend my sincerest gratitude to the both of you for uh, joining us here on the COVID report. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1 or streams by W www.vafm.co.za